0: and welcome to Poker in the Airs. I'm Uncle Daddy, Joe Stapleton. My work wife is James Hardigan.
1: Happy Programmer's Day, Joe. We know because we've had so many super fans on this show who work in information technology that there is a huge IT poker overlap. The Venn diagram has a very fat bit in the middle. So I felt that Happy Programmer's Day was very appropriate for a decent percentage of our audience.
0: You know what I say about programmers? Should have learned to program. Coming up on today's show, we have a lot to cover. Not only is it our Barcelona wrap-up show, it is also our UK IPT Brighton wrap-up show. We're traveling correspondent James Hardigan <laughs> is bringing us
1: breaking news. Yes, Benjamin Spraggy Sprag from Team PokerStars Pro has won a live tournament for 69K. <laughs> for now, for now.
0: Awesome. More on that later. I do have a couple of questions about that because I am over the moon for Spraggy, and I hope that he is as well. Uh, more from UK IPT Brighton. Everything from EPT Barcelona in a bit. Plus, uh, we've got EPT Barcelona from last year airing on FS1 in America. Yes. We've got the Poker Stars Mystery Cash Challenge now available on YouTube. Yes. Which, oddly enough, was supposed to feature Spraggy. Uh, we've got My Charity event that resulted in another bedless trip to Las Vegas. Uh, James and I had a bit of a night out in London. You really want to talk about that? I, I think it has to be addressed, honestly. <laughs> um, I've got news about a future guest and a poker movie Monday on a Wednesday happening next week. Also, W is happening already we're not broadcasting as much this year but we're still keeping an eye on it and do not think that we are not trotting out howard w swains to tell us what's all been going on
1: if we're doing breaking news i should also interject to let you know that nick walsh is going to be doing some basic w coop streaming as well just showcasing a few final tables to complement the cards up coverage that we're going to be doing later in the series
0: Got it. Yeah. So the guy who who tweeted at me yesterday and said, don't tell me you overslept. Uh, no, I didn't oversleep. It's Nick. Doing the broadcast not james and i until a little bit later uh guests on this week's show we've yes. got them we got the thank you james uh, organized this he got the ept barcelona main event champion simon witziak's gonna be on the show and this week's superfan dennis girton has challenged me to season one of the tv show psych not gonna lie don't think i've seen this show since it was on in season one but uh hopefully i can contend a little bit uh I don't know. Good luck Dennis. All right. Speaking of things I have watched recently, uh really quick, I finally finished the season of Jury Duty James. I think you would really like this show. It's on Amazon. Uh it's like a scripted reality kind of thing. Okay. Super super fun and the I've the, had a the few ending recommendations. is worth it.
1: I've had a few recommendations recently for shows on Amazon. And, of course, Patriot is one of our favorite shows that lives on Amazon. It's really hard to find out about and know about stuff on Amazon. They do, I'm sorry, a really bad job of advertising their own content. Every time there's a TV commercial for Amazon Prime, the streaming service, they're telling me that I can rent Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse or I can... Uh, get they want bolt. you to
0: pay more money for stuff they already have you on amazon prime right so they want I you know, to but, watch but why, the, the premium stuff
1: why are they pushing the bolt on for paramount plus and talking about those tv shows rather than promoting their own content which they're obviously spending significant money on so uh, thank you for the recommendation there's a couple yeah. of other shows that have basically been put on my radar i need to start watching more stuff on prime video
0: yeah, prime saw, but I agree with you. Unless you go specifically looking for something, it's really hard to browse yeah. and and find and figure out what's uh, the wheat from the chaff on there. Okay, so on the plane back from Europe, I finally watched Dune, and I loved it. I absolutely. This
1: is the first part that came yes. out like two years ago, right? Yes. I didn't realize I you had- hadn't seen it.
0: No, I hadn't seen it. I didn't see it at the time. I never. My girlfriend tried to watch it once and like didn't get through it. So every time I tried to watch it with her, she's like, "Nah, I don't want to watch Dune." I loved it. I never uh, read the book, obviously, but man, did they do a great job of like, in my opinion, capturing this whole dynamic of like what's going on with these various planets and federations and yeah. the yeah. and the emperor and all that and. I'm a little obviously disappointed now that it's going to be some time before I'll be able to watch the sequel. But I really thought it was great. I don't think um, I have to wait
1: too long. I mean, the trailer's already out for part two. I, I definitely will re-watch the first part before seeing the sequel. I really liked the first movie, but I know that my recollection of it isn't strong enough for me to go into part two having any idea who anyone is or what's going on.
0: It's pretty dense, yeah. See, it looks we got our nerdy producer getting involved here. Chris saying part two is delayed from November 30, 23rd to March 24th. Yeah, because of strike I think stuff. I that's
1: year rather than date, by the way.
0: Oh, sure. Okay, right, right. November of 2023 to March of 2024. Um. So, all right. So, we've talked about, um, obviously, a lot of movies and TV shows on the show. And one that we've kind of kept up with is Billions. The final season what? of Billions what, wait, 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 wait.
1: is... You've kept up with it. I abandoned Billions a couple of seasons ago when it descended into soap opera.
0: I thought it was always kind of soap opera-y, but okay, I'm going to watch the final season of Billions. I guess you're out.
1: I'm out. Besides, season two of Selling the O.C. just dropped on Netflix, so I'm all in on that.
0: Is Okay, so that's the one that is part of the Selling Sunset universe. It is. It's a spin-off. Okay. It's,
1: it's, the, it's still the Oppenheim brothers. It's still there at real estate agency. This one has more of a gender balance between male agents and female agents. Oh, who
0: cares then? Why do I want to watch men sell houses? I want to oh, watch high, the, high heels and mini skirts.
1: No, no, no. Because you could the, the interpersonal dynamics of that is team it better? become... Well, of course, it's much more interesting when there's sex involved.
0: Oh, is there not sex involved in the other
1: one? That's all I see. No, the girls don't (laughs) sleep with each other.
0: Oh, I kept hoping that would happen. Spoiler alert. Okay, Um, real quick before we move on. So next week's show, we are going to be doing a poker movie Monday on a Wednesday uh, over something called The Adults. Uh, Yes.
1: So when you raised this before, I was concerned that it hadn't opened in the UK and it's now appeared on iTunes, right?
0: Yes, I believe it. I believe it's at least for me. It's available I, I, on iTunes. I,
1: I, no, I was okay. I was in iTunes, and it came up as a recommendation for okay. me. I can rent it, and I can buy it. So
0: I did watch it already. I want to temper people's expectations that it is okay. kind of like the card counter in that it is an indie movie with a with a main character who has a uh, an a, a nearing unhealthy obsession with poker. And a couple of cool poker scenes, but it is not a poker movie. I almost think that this movie, the main character uses is more has a more interesting relationship with poker even than uh, Oscar Isaac is in has in the card counter. But I do want to let people know this is like a like a quirky comedy indie. It's more like a family drama uh, than it is a poker movie. Just to manage people's expectations, but I did enjoy it very much. It's got a great like late. 19th, what is it? Late 20th century, early 21st century indie film vibe to it, which I really, really liked. Um, And apparently, some of the poker scenes are based on things either that uh, the director Dustin Difa that he saw in real life or that potentially happened in our home game together so um, I'm really looking forward to discussing those hands with him and sort of the, the the movie as a whole so Dustin will be on the show next week if you can find the time to buy or rent it and you do like sort of the indie movie genre I do think that you'll like this movie it's getting good reviews
1: obviously I'm going to watch the movie before next week I think it will be a bit of a different poker movie Monday episode because we're talking to the guy who wrote and directed the movie so it'll be more of a conversation with with him rather than a scene by scene breakdown review and i guess we'll focus more on the poker scenes in the movie than anything else but i guarantee you'll get more out of next week's show if you watch along as well but i appreciate everyone wants to fire whatever it is 4.99 on itunes to rent a movie
0: Yes. And also I kind of sold the director on, Hey, we're going to plug your movie and maybe a couple more people will watch it. So if you want to help out and support us in the show and us sure. getting people like that, that would be great. All right. I mentioned James that you and I had a bit of a night out. Thank you very much, James. You uh, came out to see uh, one of my comedy shows that happened a little bit closer to your neck of the woods. And I, I, you know what? Why don't you describe what Okay, well, f- first what of all, happened.
1: I apologize to everyone that the chronology of this episode is all over the shop because it's the EPT Barcelona recap episode, but we haven't come to that yet. After EPT Barcelona, there was UKIPT Brighton, which we're going to come to in a moment. But in the middle of all that was Joe's comedy night in Ealing. And as ever, Joe, people who are fans of your work, fans of our work, showed up to support you but there was one guy who showed up to support you who I joke about the fact there's a fine line between Superfan and State Stalker. No disrespect to this guy, but he was firmly, firmly in the latter category. And clearly, all he wants to do was come and talk to you. He had no real interest in seeing a comedy show and being respectful through that comedy show. And unfortunately, things got a little bit nasty when he was ejected from the bar for disturbing the other comedians.
0: Yeah, he and he was, look, he was most certainly justifiably ejected. So I most people, 99% of people who show up to stuff like that totally get it. Sometimes they're a little too excited. Sometimes they're a little chatty during the show. And all I'll say is, look, if you come out to something like this, I'm very happy to spend some time with you. That's the whole point. I'm very happy, especially after the show. Uh, But if you come during the show, the biggest way to get me, I wouldn't say upset because it doesn't get a rise out of me, it just makes me not like you, is to be disrespectful to the other comedians who are on stage and me um, if you're talking during the show. And unfortunately, this fellow was really, really excited. He then went online to threaten the venue, to threaten me. Apparently, James... Apparently I, I blocked him after a certain point but our, our audio engineer he was like keeping up with the with the drama our boy Giles and he said something about the dude mentioning drinking my blood. So these are things that we don't want to say to people and I'm I actually was quite disturbed the next day because it was a whole bunch of people in a row who I sort of really put myself out there for the community. And make myself very accessible. And I was feeling really, really down the day after this because several people in a row I felt were taking advantage of my goodwill and were being shitty to me. And I don't want to have to rein in and have to, like, give less of myself and be less accessible. But I really, like, considered, like, maybe I just don't reply to anyone anymore online. And I don't want it to be like that. So... Just just be cool, people. That's all I'm asking.
1: I can understand how you were feeling about the next day, but also I, I give you credit because even without that incident, it was, how can I put this politely, a lively <laughs> crowd. And I'm not a huge fan of people who treat stand-up comedy like it's an interactive experience because spoiler alert it isn't so there was already a lot of back chat and a lot of unnecessary running commentary i guess what traditionally would be called heckling coming from the audience when you add that into the mix as well you've had to deal with that you're dealing with an audience that's a little bit kind of enthusiastic shall we say and you still did a great show so i give you credit for that
0: Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. And I guess we kind of left out a thing is that once our guy got ejected, he stood outside and scraped obscenities for like the next 10 or 15 minutes and was like quite a scary imposing person to the point where like I felt the need for an escort when I left. Um so just just be cool everybody. Be cool. We can all be cool. You get to meet James Hardigan. You get to hang with me for a little bit. You get to see a free comedy show. Just uh just keep your mouth shut during the I, other I, comedians. I, I,
1: at this point though I have to have to recite the introduction that Joe received on stage. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rhodes who hosts this comedy night um in introducing the headline act said this is probably your last chance to see our headline act as that guy outside is definitely going to kill him. So please put your <laughs> hands together for the soon to be late Joe Stapleton.
0: It was a funny intro and here I am luckily still involved. So James, I left, I left uh, England. I, it, f- I had exactly one day off, and then I ended up going to Las Vegas for the charity event that I host every year. It's now called Viva St. Jude. And just to uh, keep track
1: of the timeline, everyone, Joe and I together during Barcelona, we'll come to that in a moment, together for this comedy <laughs> night in Ealing. Then the timeline branches off. I go to Brighton, Joe goes to Vegas. <laughs> we'll come to Brighton in a moment. Joe, carry on.
0: I guess, okay, so something I should mention through all of this, through Barcelona, through Comedy Night, through Vegas, is I've been alcohol-free Uh, for over a month now, I decided I didn't really like, I was putting on a lot of weight. When, when I do drink, I do tend to drink to excess. Um, you've been around me, James. I don't drink to excess to the point where I embarrass myself or I seem very drunk, but I, I consume a lot of alcohol and calories and I was putting on some weight and I didn't really like it. So I decided I was going to try to take like an eight week break. And I will admit that there were times during EPT Barcelona that were trying to not have a drink. I went to a wedding the week before. It was difficult not to drink. It was difficult not to drink at this comedy night. And it was difficult not to drink at Viva St. Jude. However, um, they changed my role this year. So people are always like, Oh, are you excited to like do this? And I'm like, honestly, I don't love doing these charity events because they're they're pretty they're pretty somber, some of it. You know, St. Jude is a charity in which. You know, it, it's it's kids with cancer. It's it's kids that uh, are either terminally ill or would be yeah. terminally ill otherwise, and so it's a it's a challenge for me uh, because I'm a comedian and I want to make people laugh. And it's not always appropriate. And it's also a lot of it is about shaking people down, right? It's about um, getting people to cough up money, and I'm not great at that either. So what they did this year is they hired someone else to do all the serious stuff. Right to do all the hosting during the dinner, to get people to get their wallets out, to get the the silent auction stuff up. And all I had to do was MC the poker tournament, which at that point, it is okay to have fun and goof around. Absolutely. I had a great time. Uh, We we did some good stuff. Obviously, there are some people there who know who I am. It's a bit of a thrill for them for me to be announcing the hands. I always enjoy being able to give people that thrill. I will say the funniest thing that happened was – a woman came up to me. I'm just kind of doing like a stream of consciousness, basically. When I host these things, I'm walking around from table to table, commenting on things. People can't. Even, people are barely listening. Um, but this woman comes out to me and she goes, "You know who you sound like? You know who you sound like?" And I'm like, oh, "I again, my ego kicks in, and I'm like, oh, she's going to tell me I sound like Joe Stapleton. She's going to tell me I sound like the guy from the poker broadcasts." <laughs> And what she ends up telling me is that I sound like the energy vampire from what we do in The Shadows. The character who doesn't suck people's blood, he drains their will to live by having a boring and monotonous voice. Wow. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Maybe the best compliment I've ever received. I couldn't tell if she was flirting with me or not. I didn't know. I was mildly offended. I just sort of drew attention to it to like... to like. Sort of like own the insult slash compliment, um, and then basically what happened was James, I had a massive slot hit on Buffalo uh, cool right before that. the the tournament started. I hit for my biggest slot hit of my life, actually of a, a wow. solo hit. Uh, it was almost five k, and um, so that was cool. But then what happened was the event went till three thirty in the morning, and I they obviously got me a hotel room, and I decided that since my I, the first flight back to LA was 7.30 in the morning, I just didn't go to bed. I, I stayed up till about 4.30. I went to my room, collected my stuff. I didn't touch the bed. I didn't touch the bathroom. I didn't touch the toilet paper. I didn't touch anything. I basically put myself, my stuff on the coffee table in the hotel room and then collected it when I left. And I ended up, getting charged for the room uh so there's another donation to saint jude (laughs) because somehow i still got charged for the room however once again very cool event and um somebody won a seat to the world series of poker main event an amateur did so it's always fun to give one of those away that's good you were oh one other thing that happened really quick uh someone hit a one outer for a straight flush um in a hand up against like a full house or something that's impossible
1: uh, that only ever happens
0: online Right, exactly. And that was kind of cool. I was like, guys, I've called a lot of poker in my day, but that is one of the more interesting hands I've ever seen. So it was cool to see that. Now, you were street playing flash. poker. A I was playing flash. poker,
1: yes. So um, the day you left London, I also left London, but I just took the train down to Brighton because the UK Island Poker Tour was down there at the Rendezvous Casino, Brighton Marina. I was staying at the Malmaison Hotel, which has a Nando's next door to it, Joe. Malmaison, so does where- that
0: mean ba- the bad house?
1: I guess it does, but it's just... <laughs> I guess they've just chosen a a swanky French word. Anywho, Nando's, next door Mm -hmm. to the hotel. So where do you think I went for dinner on the Thursday night? Nando's. Where do you think I went for dinner on the Friday night? Definitely Nando's. Where do you think I went for dinner on the Saturday night? Did you
0: go three nights in a row to Nando's? Three
1: nights in a row, ship the Nando's. Did
0: you eat the same thing every time? Did you mix it up at all? Um...
1: The That's order yes. may have been similar. I may have changed one of the sides. Did you, did, I was going to
0: say you got regular fries one day and then spicy fries the I next day. did
1: corn on the cob one night instead of fries.
0: Oh, you were getting healthy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I, yeah I, I know yeah. it well. I know it well. You're like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll have corn.
1: <laughs> so had I known this, I think the number one marketing message for this event should have been, there's a Nando's next door to the <laughs> hotel and there's a 24-hour McDonald's next to the venue. Um And arrived on the Thursday. We had this meetup game uh, planned. I felt a little bit guilty because I was actually really, really tired the night I arrived. And I was a little bit low energy. But I think everyone else in the game more than compensated for that. Obviously, Nick Walsh was playing. Finson and Hannah. um, Elliot Hackney. um, Wow. And loads of people showed up to play. Um, Loads of regs. Ed Kilworth, our YouTube mod, was there. A few people reintroduced themselves to me. One of the guys in the game who looked so familiar, and I'm thinking, why do I know you? He says, we've spoken over Zoom. And I'm thinking, was he a podcast superfan? But I don't quite remember him. Chap called Tom, and then the penny finally dropped. Tom, the guy who took part in the Platinum Pass competition at the start of the year and got the question wrong.
0: Oh, Tommy, boy. Did you at least uh, uh, lose a pot to him in the cash Uh, game He wasn't
1: actually my table. We had two tables running. But... Tom did say he will never, ever forget the name of that airport ever again. It's now ingrained in his memory. Um, He said he was adamant the question was going to be about James Bond. And I said, you know, you you can't. I'm not that big a stereotype. I'm not that big a walking cliche. Um, So, yeah, it was a low stakes cash game. We were playing 1-1, no limit. Um, I could not keep up with... Everyone else, as far as drinking was concerned. I guess I also don't do Jaeger bombs. I just refuse. And there were plenty of those flying. A fun night was enjoyed by all... I left them to it. I left at like half midnight. I think the game kept going until 3 a.m. Wow. Now, there were two reasons why I left there. Number one, as I said, I was really, really tired. But also, I was playing the main event the next day. So I really wanted to be refreshed and get my game face on. Um, and my game face... Appeared in the live updates because within the first level of playing the main event the next day, I took the early chip lead um, by virtue. So how,
0: when you when you do that, how did you feel about that? Like, did did you like? The attention of that, or would you rather be like, oh, man, I don't want... Now everyone's paying attention to me.
1: No, I like the novelty of it, and I knew it wasn't going to last, and I knew I'd (laughs) blow it, right? Because there's no way I'm going to be able to hold on to like a 400 big blind stack and play optimal poker. I just got very lucky, to be brutally honest. I had a player who's a very lively um, UK reg called Terry Jordan, who plays fast and loose, who was three betting ten five offsuit at a point when I had pocket aces and pocket sevens and on both occasions made a full house and wow. won a huge three-way pot in which he was involved in and a couple of hands later busted him. So I was up to like 70K from a 30K starting stack by the start of the second level. This is wow. after, by the way three separate table moves. I was always in the big blind when they needed to balance a table. So I kept moving. Um, But no, it didn't last. And one of the reasons why it didn't last is... Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. So so hold on. So they lost that many players in the first level that they broke three tables? No, no, no. It's more about the fact that (laughs)
1: new players are joining and they need to to make new tables. (laughs) I was Um, like, damn. So I normally play as you know, very, very conventional ABC poker. Sure. And I find myself in a pot where I kind of Joe Stapleton myself and become Um. convinced that my opponent is only playing the way he's playing because he's playing against me. And I feel that I'm being kind of like targeted. And to cut a very long story short, on a double paired board, I heroed the river with ace high and I was actually up against a bigger pair. So I lost a significant pot with this hero call gone wrong, um,
0: I know I don't want to enable uh, this bad call, but I think that having that gear and being able to do that sometimes is, is something that w- you you have to have. I think if you're gonna play to win, um, yeah, I'm the kind of person that's always gonna fold in that spot. And that's more exploitable than someone who's going to occasionally call. So I'm going to go ahead and say you played it great. Good for you. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for enabling my bad play. Um (laughs) Other than that, it was more a case of the blinds catching up with 40-minute levels and also a few coolers, not least being my bust-out hand, where I ran kings into queens into ace-nine. And, of course, as the old adage goes, there is always an ace on the desk. That hand, if kings hold and I triple up, I'm a contender. But, sadly, I did not triple up. I was out four hours after having the chip lead. Um, (laughs) But, interestingly, was able to follow the progress of our friends People like Rory and Adam McCla, Adam making the final table of this event, along with players like Dominic Nietzsche and Spraggy, who I think it's important to highlight, was in for around eight bullets oh. and needed to finish fifth or better to make a profit, but by winning he made more than a profit and won a UK IPT trophy. So congratulations to Spraggy.
0: So my question about that is, was Spraggy happy? Because other than you, I think Spraggy's maybe my closest friend on tour, uh, on the UK at least, Um, and I just really, uh, I didn't get a chance to, I saw the photo, obviously everyone's smiling in their winner's photo, but like I care very deeply for Spraggy and and it would be cool to have seen him happy for once.
1: I imagine he was very happy, I was not there for the winning moment. The final table was played on the Sunday and I left Sunday morning. But on the Saturday, so I played the main event flight on the Friday. On the Saturday, I played the UK IPT Cup, which is the £330 buying event. And I had a blast. I enjoyed this so much more than the main event. Um, Summer from our production team was playing. Statric from our production team was playing. At one point, I shared a table with KJ from the Hippodrome. I shared a table with the UK legend that is Debs the Destroyer. (laughs) I shared a table with Australian Eddie, Brandon's friend. Uh, Brandon was playing as well in the tournament. Cool. And I shared a table with Ash, the Doctor, another UK reg, uh, many players will know him from Aspers in London. Ash is... He's got a touch of the kassoofs about him. I'll give him that. <laughs> but I, he's a very likable guy. And I have a lot of time for him. He's, he's hes a decent poker player. But my God, is he one of the unfunniest individuals who thinks he's funny. Oh, boy. And at one point, as a joke, he called the floor when I told him that he was unfunny. And he's like, "This James Hartigan told me I wasn't funny. And I just looked at the floor and said... I made an objectively true statement. Twitch the floor laughed and walked away.
0: Yeah, um, way to prove Hardigan right, Doctor Ash. You don't, know, you know what? You don't need to be a funny doctor. Is he a real doctor?
1: I think he may well be a real doctor. Actually. Yeah. So you don't want like just just be a
0: doctor. Just do the doctor thing. Leave leave the jokes to the other professions. It's fine. We don't need a funny doctor. Do do your thing. Um, how how did Statric do?
1: Statric made the money, so they pay. They play to the top 15% so that you're guaranteed at least a min cash if you come back for day two. So on Sunday, um, Patrick came back, I think, as a top five stack, eventually finished 17th for a decent score. He said it was his first live cash in a long time. So go StatTrick. Nick Walsh made the money as well in that event. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone who came up to say hello wanted a selfie taken, wanted to shake my hand. Obviously, what I love about these events is meeting so many people who have been poker fans. What's weird now is, right, there are people who literally have grown up listening to us, right? When they first got into poker, whether it was in their last year at school or during college when they started work, We've been around for donkeys years, so they've listened to all of our content. They feel they know us, and people are really say really positive things. And I, I really appreciate all the kind words that people have to say. Um, there's a really good vibe. There's a really good atmosphere on the UK IPT. We threw around some ideas and some conversations I had with the team on Monday and Tuesday of this week to make some tweaks to, I think, make the UK IPT even better. Great. I urge anyone and everyone to play one of these events, and of course. The UKIPT is coming to London next week at the exact point that I am leaving London to go to New York. But that's another story. I do get to play two tournaments. There is a Flutter Invitational Staff Tournament on the Tuesday. No one's going to care about that one because they can't play. But on the Wednesday of next week, which I think is Wednesday the 21st.
0: The 20th. Wednesday the 20th. Wednesday the
1: 20th. That's right. Wednesday the 20th, there is a charity tournament. And I will be playing in that charity tournament. But it's going to be at the Hippodrome in London uh, and I think it should be another fun event. So, if you are in the London area, check out the UK IPT.
0: Cool, and I think it's great. I think it's great that the that the local tours are back, and that we can occasionally pop into those and play and sort of uh, interact with our audience and our community a little bit different than we normally do. It's yeah. better to I like that in in face in person interaction.
1: And I am not making any promises right now, but I believe the Edinburgh leg of the tour is straight after EPT Cyprus. I'm tempted to try and make the trip to Edinburgh. I'll see if I can make it work. Granted, oh. you know, we've got Cyprus and Vegas and this in between. It might be a, a trip too far, but I'm really keen to play another UK IPT this year.
0: Yeah, th- I got to play London last year. I had a really great time doing it, and hopefully we get to attend more of those in the future. Uh, speaking of kind words and people enjoying our content, just one last quick little plug, uh, some qu- plugs here. If you're yeah, in the s- USA... Every Friday night last year's EPT Barcelona is airing on FS1, and it cannot be overstated how incredible this entire event was. How entertaining the poker is, the characters are, the uh, the excitement, the money that changes hands. Some of the best work we have ever done. Some of the best poker we have ever covered is a part of these shows that are airing in the states now. They'll be on YouTube eventually, but if you are in the U.S., check them out on FS1. Yes, James,
1: I would say that. Our Canadian fans are able to watch Monte Carlo right now from last year on TSN and that will roll straight into the Barcelona shows. Yes, we've got the FS1 deal as well. I think you can also see the shows in Germany and Spain. Obviously, we're looking at other countries around the world, including the UK, looking at getting a broadcast deal there as well. So everyone will get to see these shows eventually. But you're right. Those are really good shows. I guess wherever you are in the world, you can watch the Stars Mystery Cash Challenge because that premiered on YouTube last Saturday. There is going to be a new episode every single Saturday. Looking at the comments, this is going down a storm.
0: Is it people enjoying it? People are loving it. People
1: are loving it. And I hope they feel the same way by the time we get to the end of episode six. I hope the novelty doesn't wear off too soon. Um, But yeah, I think we've got Discord. And I know that we generally reserve our channels on the Pokestars Discord server for talking about the podcast. But happily we'll hear your notes feedback comments. <laughs> as long as it's about, about as well.
0: me in one way shape or form i'm happy to talk on the discord so yeah if y'all want to talk about anything you see on the tv shows wherever you're airing in the world uh, just let us know on Discord uh, hey, I'm watching Monte Carlo and I like this thing that happened or what was this g- really going on in this moment I'll do my best to actually talk about those things as they're happening from anything from the EPT to the Poker Stars Cash Challenge uh, but I'm especially keen to talk about those Barcelona
1: shows Absolutely and to be clear Joe's talking about Barcelona <laughs> 2022 meanwhile we've just got back from Barcelona 2023 Look at the camera, the lights, and the action. Look at the plan, look at the reaction. Look at the way that we're taking advantage. You see me now, now look at me vanish. Look at the way that we doing the magic. Look at the way that we dropping the bags. Look at the way that we seem to manage. Look at the way that we deal with the damage. I see the look in your eyes. it be the look of surprise. Oh no. That's just a part of the game. Uh-huh. You gotta look for the prize. Everything we just talked about from the UK IBT is so fresh in my mind. And again, because it's been ten days, EPT Barcelona feels like a lifetime ago and I can we
0: barely maybe, remember what happened. Yeah, we maybe should have squeezed in an episode right after EPT Barcelona instead of waiting a week. I know that we like it's nice to take a week off and have a minute, but off by the way, uh, which we didn't really have a week off. Anyway, yes, EPT Barcelona feels like it was months ago.
1: It does. Um so to wind back the clock to the beginning and i hope you guys enjoyed our eight days of live coverage from this event it all started with a change to our advertised programming we arrived in barcelona to discover that the Estrellas main event the 1k that kicks off this festival had become the biggest live poker tournament in PokerStars history with close to seven and a half thousand entries meanwhile The Super High Roller was not exactly doing gangbusters in terms of numbers, and it looked like they were going to cut the day. So we did a last minute change and decided to stream the last two days of the Australia's because a day was added to this tournament because it needed an extra day to get down to a winner. And we skipped the Super High Roller, which actually finished a day early. Um, So congratulations to Kyan Mockery, a finalist in the main event last year who won the Super High Roller. But we were firmly focused on the Estrellas and I'm so glad we took that decision because I really enjoyed watching the last few tables, really enjoyed watching them play down to the final table and then coming in to the last six with a kind of a bit more knowledge, a bit more kind of foundation and Context. knowing the players. Yes, we knew Lucien Cohen already. Um, sadly, of course, we lost Tonka uh, just before the final table was set. He was the other player we were following on that penultimate day. But Ratman, love him or hate him, he put on a show.
0: Yeah, it was, you know, this year's Barcelona was a bit of a hold my beer from Barcelona last year. You know, yeah. I, I I just got done saying what an incredible event it was last year, how exciting it was, how big the personalities were. And this year um, went neck and neck, especially considering that the Astreis also had these crazy characters, had Lucian Cohen, had him, again, say love him or hate him. I I, I tend to base my judgment of a player's behavior on how the other players at the table are responding. And the other players at the table had seemed to be dealing with his shtick fine. No one seemed all that annoyed by it. So if they're not annoyed... I'm not annoyed. Now, if I had been sitting at the table, I might have felt differently. However, Lucien P- Cohen put on a ridiculous show. Um, he said it himself in, in multiple interviews that he gave. He's not the best poker player. And uh, as you know, I like watching people who play suboptimal poker yeah. uh, it, go deep in events. It's way more interesting. It's way more fun. He played kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. There was some absolutely funny moves that he made uh, and uh, where he checked down really weird hands and it just didn't matter. The guy could do no wrong.
1: Yes, yes. I've got a strange question for you, Joe, and I I appreciate it's a tough one because I'm asking you to rack your brains and remember back to Barcelona 2022. I, I got the whole polarization of Lucien Cohen and the fact that a lot of the audience didn't like him. I understand that. But when we get to the main event and when we get to the the characters, and I think by the characters in the main event, I'm referring to the Brazilians on the rail. And people were being highly critical of their behavior. Were we seeing the same comments last year? I was out of action for a lot of last year's events, so I don't know what people were saying in the live chat on Twitch and YouTube. Because when we came to look at the TV shows for 2022, and I see the antics and behavior of the Italians on the rail, the Brazilians on the rail from last year's event, it was no different. And yet this year, it felt people didn't like it at all.
0: Well, yeah. So to answer your question, I don't remember there being as much criticism of the behavior on the rail. And the only reason I can think of is that um, it was more even last year. There were separate, large rails— um, where it it was the Italians and it was the Brazilians. and I think that there were like a couple other, I think what's his name the yeah, that Patrick Jarosh sort of meme that he didn't have a rail and sort of, I don't know, there, there was it was like more of an even thing, whereas this seemed very contentious this year. I'm not gonna lie between the French rail and the Brazilian rail. And in the moment, I, I think you remember, James, we were both sort of defensive. Of the people being critical, especially of the Brazilian rail. Come to find out, the Brazilian rail was like, some of what they were saying wasn't as good natured as we thought it was. I had a couple of people get in touch later and say there was like a lot of foul language in the songs they were singing, and maybe, the, you know, we. It's kind of – I didn't even think, James, honestly, to be like, oh, maybe the things they're saying aren't very nice, which apparently some of it wasn't. So I think maybe that played a factor, too. Maybe there wasn't – maybe the words being said last year were different. But I had one Brazilian fan specifically write in and say, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for my countrymen having behaved this way. In the moment, I was like, oh, this is just people being excited for their guy um so i don't really know again without having heard it myself or being able to translate myself i don't know but the answer to your question is no i don't remember people being as critical last year but also without you being around last year i had less time to get involved and to get you know to to really sift through chat the way i do when you're steering the ship
1: yeah maybe i should be away more often and then you would be driving yourself less crazy (laughs)
0: no i mean the audience interaction adds a lot to it but yes uh i I, 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 your point is heard
1: yeah um but obviously our focus was on those two tournaments right we streamed the australia's we saw lucy and cohen win that and then we segued straight into the ept main event and oh my god was i so happy for that extra day i'm so pleased that they've extended it to a seven-day tournament because the field was not similar to last year 2k plus entries i mean just over 2100 you know if we had to get this done in six days it would have been long days um it
0: this it it really felt like the tournament flew by um it, it felt like a good pace you know i there was definitely like a bug going around this year i i you know got it real bad you had it for a couple of days um you know, had we had to do an extra level all those days, it would have been really bad for everyone. I think, again, not just us, but the players as well. Like, we call it early, right? We get done early a couple of days. Early was like 8 p.m., I think.
1: But I think that's perfect. To play from noon till 8 p.m. and let the players then go for dinner is how a poker tournament should run. And I think that was appreciated by everyone. It's also really helpful when we're making TV shows from an event and we have to film early, right? So... I think people got a taste of this because there was a vlog released on the Pokestars YouTube channel, a day in the life of poker pro Joe Stapleton.
0: I mean, how did that, I mean, so James is is, is quoting the caption that went on this video, which I didn't even notice. Um, how does that go out like that? How did, Like when I get introduced at stand-up comedy and there's something gets lost in translation, people are like, oh, this is professional poker player Joe Stapleton. I kind of get it. For the company that we hire to make content and to put that out, life, a day in the life of poker projos, how do they not know that I don't play poker?
1: Anyway, the vlog itself was very entertaining and I think it gives you an insight into some of the additional filming that Joe and I have to do for the TV shows in the morning. So yes, you will be able to watch Barcelona 2023 on TV in the future once those shows are post-produced. We've got the PCA and the PSPC to get out the door first. Um, But that makes it easier when you're not finishing at 1am every day to then be in makeup for 9am the following day. And it also meant that we actually got a little bit of downtime, which is always very welcome because you need that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even call it downtime, but just time to reflect and go and sit at the bar and uh, talk about future
1: plans. I distinctly remember sitting, eating cold McDonald's one night.
0: Yes, I What we were we we're actually kinda of lucky. Like some of the big bosses came to this event, which um I always appreciate. I appreciate them coming out and seeing the undertaking that goes goes into the event. We've got a new uh North American poker czar who came by and saw things for the first time, I believe, or at least the first time since early, early seasons of the EPT. And uh yeah, we got to hang out and Old Stapes Stapes gets laughed at when he says, hey, I'm going to order some McDonald's, and everyone turns their nose up at McDonald's, and everyone's like, no, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa. hold on. Did I turn my nose up? No, I added to the order.
0: You were the first one, and then slowly but surely, people realize, people are like, oh, yeah, look, we we don't have to be pretentious. Like, McDonald's is fucking awesome. We love McDonald's. And so, yes, I did order a... We had a big group McDonald. All I want to do is eat McDonald's by myself, alone in my room, and then I ended up having to share it with—I mean, with the with the goddamn CEO of the company, <laughs> with my boss's boss, and my boss's 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 boss, and my boss's 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 boss—all there, uh, ha- handing out mayo McChicken sandwiches and spicy nuggets. But in the end, I—it was funny because everyone could tell how miserable I was. Um, having to share my mcdonalds
1: um joe's now thinking i prefer it when we do work till 1 a.m uh we've already referenced the final table of the main event and the the rail um the fact that there was the prospect of uh, another brazilian champion but it did not go the way of brazil rather than us talk about the final table rather than us talk about the great final hand that ended EPT barcelona let's talk to the winner of the tournament a very deserving champion who held the chip lead for most of the late stages we are delighted to have with us today EPT barcelona 2023 main event winner simon Vitziak. simon welcome to the podcast
2: thank you very much welcome uh, good morning good afternoon everybody
1: and congratulations once again
2: thank you very much yeah still uh <laughs> didn't get down from my emotion so, uh, <laughs> i can imagine so, yeah It's a big, big, uh, big thing for me. So, yeah, still already in the stars, the the head in the stars. uh, Yeah, with with my girlfriend, my family, we didn't, uh, we didn't realize yet, I think.
0: Have you been celebrating?
2: Oh, yeah, of course. I have been celebrating in Barcelona, uh, uh, in my hometown now. And yeah, I'm going to still enjoy it uh, a bit more. Uh, Just playing the, the, the series right now, online too. So uh, I will be in Cyprus too. Okay. So uh, I will really enjoy it uh, during the end of a series and uh, and uh, before Cyprus. But yeah, I just you know it's 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 coming uh, slowly. But uh, yeah, I I just see every day when uh, pokerstars post a, a new YouTube uh, video on uh, the best five hands, epic call of uh, that kind of stuff. You know it, it's, it's still a lot of emotion. We still uh, watch it with a lot of, uh, lot of surprise and a lot of, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's actually something we notice is that you watched the last hand back while on the set. I saw you and your pals had like a little tablet on the table watching that final hand moments after it happened. How many times have you watched it since then?
2: Ah, uh, I watch it in French. I watch it in English too. <laughs> I wanted to see all the reaction of the commentators on every uh, all the final table, of course, like a movie. You know, yeah. yeah. So I think I watch it like twice uh, entirely, uh but the some part of it, you know, the best, the highlights of that kind of stuff. I you know every day a bit, a bit every day. So, yeah, a lot. Yeah, uh,
0: we. Are, we, uh, we have some questions. We want to get to know you as a person a little bit, but you did mention Cyprus. So I guess I want to follow up in that. What will it feel like? And maybe it won't feel any different for you, but going into Cyprus with absolutely no financial pressure whatsoever, like kind of a free roll, really, if you think about it, considering how much money you just won, will you yeah. have a different attitude heading into Cyprus than you had heading into Barcelona?
2: I think as a professional, you just you always want to confirm you know, to show that you are, it was not lucky. So you just want to, um, to, to write in the, in the story of, of, uh, of, of poker players, like you, you are able to do it again. You are able, it was not uh, uh, about luck. You have a skills, so you always want to, to show new skills. So I'm, I'm working on still being competitive while having less financial pressure because it can be tricky. I have a lot of advice from a poker player like when you want to have a big win, most of the time it follows a, a big downswing. It follows by by a big downswing because you you're overconfident, you play uh higher buy-in that stuff. Honestly, uh my program for the EPT chapters will be quite the same, obviously with a uh a, a better um a better financial um uh, we can say, I was uh, stacked for a bit of my action, so yeah. I didn't have uh, my, uh, uh, entirely my action. So now I have, uh, of course, a bit more of my action, and uh, it will be in better conditions, you know, markup and stuff. Sure. But it's it will be quite the same condition. Uh, my girlfriend will be able to come <laughs> the entire, the entire, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the entire uh, program now. So, yeah, it doesn't change much. You just prepare yourself to still being competitive and still prove that you can be on top and it was not about luck and you can now start to compete with the legends, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: I can imagine also you have, dare I say, the confidence now because you've been there, seen it done at once and, Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of came onto our radar kind of the last three days because you were one of the big stacks, if not the overall chip leader for Mm -hmm. most of the late stages of this main event. And coming into that final table, coming into that final day as the chip leader, what, where was your head at and what kind of pressure were you feeling? And I guess kind of added to that is how much help did Antoine Saoud provide as someone who's been there before at a final table on the main stage?
2: Uh, I think you you said it uh, right. Like Antoine was a, a big part of my, um, of my support. I didn't have many crew uh, until the last day so um, i was just focused on my poker and obviously antoine was really experienced saying me take more time in this kind of spot use a, one more time bank here even if you come online people make fun of me in the final table they told me they call me uh, you are chip leader in chips but chip leader in time bank too so it was <laughs> you know uh, they're right i didn't use all my time uh properly all the time so in that kind of situation antoine was uh, it was really good to have antoine for the deal too to have someone who has who is a lot of experience, not make big mistakes in that kind of situation is important, I think, because it's not gonna happen a lot. I, I hope so, but it's it's mainly there is not a big probability that you have you are in these conditions. Um so obviously I was really uh focused. Uh all the all of all of the way um, of the last three days I was chip leader and uh, the interviewer keep telling me, oh, now, uh, are you going to change your strategy? Are you going to be aggressive? Uh, what are you going to do? I always say the same thing. I'm going to take hand after hand. Uh, I, I don't want to play overly aggressive to the giving chips there, uh, there and there. So I was playing my game, trying to put pressure on, uh, but nothing crazy. And I think I'm going to be ready to to have a different configuration now because I was short at the beginning of the of the stage, the first three days, and then I was big cheap lead at the end. I'm ready to it can be at the opposite, you know, you can be really cheap of lead course. for three days and now short. So I don't think it will affect that much because now you, you when you know that you have two cars like the others, even like some legends that have more than ten million on the hand on mob, he as a pro, you know you don't. You don't. I know I'm prepared. I know I'm good uh, technically, and I was also happy that everybody could see during three days at the at the table uh, that I was able to hold cards. You know, I, it was not about big winning with aces and stuff. So it gave me strength to receive some good messages from pros saying that hey, you played well. So yeah, all in yeah. together. Yeah,
1: you referenced makes- the deal there. Simon, and it seemed mm-hmm. that the deal was relatively straightforward and relatively am- amicable and, and, and agreed pretty easily. I mean, it's never going to be a simple, those are the nut. Well, which has happened before where people who just looked at the numbers and gone, yep, yeah, fine. There was a little bit of conversation, but there was no bitterness and there was no one no. being a stuck in the mud about it.
2: Um, so the deal started with, um, with shows uh, telling me at the, at the break that uh, they started to, to speak with a Brazilian, with a Silo Striker about the deal um he was a bit confident at that moment because he said he, he, he wanted to have 10 percent more because he was more experienced so it didn't start it well uh okay, I was we said we said we said no and then we when we started to speak about numbers and we said uh both were guaranteed one million more than one million and, and he would have 900k he was pretty happy about it but we we still make the deal going because we Antoine one because we wanted um, to change the, the conditions. We wanted to have a bit more for the first place, like not one hundred eight K, but one fifty or two hundred and less for the others. Uh, but this way, Sean didn't accept, uh, Carl Schoen didn't accept. Uh, he wanted to have at least 900k, So uh, it was not good for him. And then uh, I was with uh, surrounded by Antoine and other guy who, who are, you know, one lot of million, so for them, if they say it's up to you, because mm. for you it's a bit life changing, four hundred k difference mainly, basically, and for us it's gonna be less excited for the first place, but we understand your choice, and I, I f- that's why I think that's about great. it. I said, that's great. That's really. I'm I'm glad that yeah. they. Yeah, that's great. So uh, even if I speak with Antoine at the end, he said, "Okay, condition seems good. Now, if you want to play for the win, you have a good." A good, um, a good, um, a config- a good configuration is good for you, because Carl was uh, on your right with less chips, and the Brazilian on your left with more chips. But I was feeling confident against the Brazilian with every with everything I saw. So I said, "Hey, it's a pretty good condition to ask more for it the- on top for me." But as they refuse, I wa- I didn't want it to say, "Okay, we I refuse the deal. I'm happy that there is one point five million on top, and I take the risk to only one 600- 50k for me it was a big changing in my life 350k so that's why i finally accepted the deal
0: excellent uh, you mentioned a couple of times in there about your rail the people there supporting you uh and, and your opponents now something i wanted to ask you and your experience is that we got a lot of criticism for the behavior of the brazilian rail and what i would like to know is did it bother you what were you feeling in the moment
2: so it didn't bother me at all because I'm really competitive. I used to play soccer. As I said, football, we can say you are English or you can say football. You know, when you are in the States, you have to say soccer. Um, it didn't bother me as well because when you are under pressure, I love it. I love it. It's uh, I compete a, a, a lot under pressure and I think I compete really well when I'm under pressure and that's what they, they did when you see the, the picture when they are like this for the big yeah. call. So, it didn't change at all. At some point I was dancing when they were singing. So I was transforming their energy to boost me more than... uh, But if you see it uh, as a spectator, it was not really kind all the time, you know, always really harsh on people. Like, uh, uh, you make a bad bluff, but but if you pay attention to this, it can be a bit bit noisy sometimes. uh, But honestly, I think it was... uh, really friendly between different crew, so I I still receive a lot of messages. really happy you beat this Brazilian and shut down their crew, but uh, as a player, I didn't I I was not bothered by, by this. Just you know the attitude of a Brazilian showing bluff, but for every every a, a, a small amount of chips like it was a BVB one big blind in the middle showing bluff or always going crazy, but seems to me a bit uh disrespectful or that kind of stuff or when he 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 takes a lot of time to call with uh, ace king uh, against the um, against the uh uh uh, the argentine uh, argentine guy i don't remember so i it was a bit surprising but i think he was enjoying the moment and he was with all his crew so i didn't think in in a bad way honestly as respect as a as a player but i know my crew was Really, a, a bit pissed, but really happy that uh, when we won, that's why we were we were screaming for the big post. So that's why, yeah, that's why you, you, yeah, it's okay for me.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that because my whole thing is, look, if if Simone doesn't care, if the other players don't care, then it's nope. all good, and I'm glad to hear that. Yep. Um, Simone, one of the greatest endings to a tournament ever. We already mentioned the hero call. Uh, you gave a great post-game interview that I hope some of it at least makes it to the TV show later on. Um, what I really liked about your performance is that you did have this very great professional performance, but then really felt genuine emotion afterward. Um, having made a call like that, did that make the feeling afterward amplified?
2: Uh Everything was gathered together to make uh, a special moment. You know, when you make, if I didn't had ace queen against king queen against Carl, when you make the king on the flop and an ace on turn, that's part of the magic too. You know, that's moment that uh, that that stays that we say in my in my in my uh, for, in my brain for forever. So obviously, uh, the the error call, the crew, the pressure, everything in the same time. It's a, like a perfect ending, you know. It's like you want to write a pitch, and you said, uh, "If I would have dreamed about it, with a camera, taking my time to make a big error call, and i uh, being right in this moment, with and you can turn back to your crew, and you are like, it's it's for you. You are a bit lost. That's that's precious. These moments are precious, really. So yeah, a lot of emotions, and uh, yeah, everything at the same time. I if I would have wrote the story, I could have. Uh, I could have wrote a a better one. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: In in addition to watching you look back at the final hand on the set, we also saw you make a few phone calls immediately afterwards. Who did you call to tell about your win?
2: So, it was uh, to my father and my mother. Uh, They couldn't be here. But um, if they don't know anything about poker, they were always a bit reluctant about, uh, about this. And even if they know that I had good years in poker, It's something mysterious, you know, when you play online and you said you spend 10 hours behind your screen and uh, they don't understand it. And now they see the the atmosphere where where everybody, even the family, even some friends, even some at the marketplace, uh, everywhere is talking about it. So it feels the emotion comes to to their um, um, in their heart, we can say. And it's the first time I said that I hear my in fact, I heard my father cry. So it was a pretty special moment. So yeah. it, it felt really, really special to me. Like in this whole atmosphere, someone gave me the phone. And uh, having them on the phone, I, I couldn't say anything. But I won, I won, I won. I won. Like, so yeah, it was a really special moment to me.
1: I, 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 So what you're saying is, it's the kind of the cliched parents who like, you know, our son's a football player. Our son's an engineer. Our son's a poker player?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, you you say you said it all. Like, uh, I was, they were really proud about the football part. And when, because they were happy to, they encouraged me to continue. Even if I was, I would have less study, they were happy about it. But I said, no, I, I'm i pretty good at math. I, I, I will be disturbed to not, to not have a, car, a big career. I was thinking, you have 18, you don't know anything about life. You think engineer, it's big career or something like that. And finally, I went to engineer, and then I stopped for poker, and they were, they were really upset. It was really hard at the beginning, you know. Uh, they even wrote me a letter to say. Stop, they were like, please. "Can you
0: can you please go back to being a soccer player?"
2: Yeah, <laughs> do do whatever you want, but please uh, come on. You you make all this study, all of this for nothing. It was not for nothing because obviously everything in football, everything in engineer, uh, uh, in mathematics study or whatever, helped me to be uh that good to be uh, rational pragmatic take fast decisions uh, being responsible have no fear blah, 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 blah so yeah uh all this way long was finally to say okay now you know that it was worth it you know that it was uh, not a stupid game and i hope they will learn some <laughs> the rule of poker one day to follow my uh, my uh, my stories in uh if i go deep in what if i go in a deep run again <laughs>
0: Okay, one last question for you, Simone. Uh, you said your parents wrote you a letter to uh, ask you to stop playing poker. What are you going to do with that letter? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, it's, it was um, online, you know. It's sent me by mail. You got to print it out and you got to put it on the wall right next to your trophy. But I have to say, but when I come back well, after one week, so I, I came to visit them, and they wrote me one again. They talked to me uh, in front of everybody. Seeing how proud they were, and they knew that I was alone in this journey, and uh, and now I made the right choice, and I I make them understand how um pleasant it was also to follow me to follow me, and um, and they love it. So I was it was all it's all good, and uh, I was really touched by this. Uh, but this we can say counter letter Yeah. Uh, saying this, so yeah, all good. Very well, good
1: obviously, we look forward to seeing you in Cyprus at the next stop of the EPT. Uh, I would urge anyone who hasn't seen it to go back to the stream and watch the last hand but also to watch the interview because your analysis of that last hand and explaining why you made the call the hoodie tell the hoodie tell was such a great detail and the way you talked through it was really good so please have you
2: seen it that when you do you do this and you stop as soon as you as (laughs) soon as you
1: mention it it's like of course but at the time never would have thought about it but But some
2: people told me a lot of a lot of stuff about me too and i was like Apparently, but now I, I'm going to know it when I was not not feeling good because I have a bluff. I was first I was um, hiding myself Then I was betting. And when I was confident, I was betting. Then I was hiding myself. Wow. So you see, oh. that there is many stuff that we don't control. So he yeah. could have this read on me. So finally, yeah, I got this one on him. And plus the other thing I said make me. Yeah, that's that's nuts. Yeah.
1: Well. Big congratulations, Uh, great result, huge tournament to win. And as I said, we will see you at the next European Poker Tour event. Simon, thank you very much for your time.
2: Thank you very much. And uh, I will see you in a few weeks.
1: Well, now we switch from live poker to online poker because the 2023 World Championship of Online Poker started on Sunday night. Now, as we said at the start of the podcast, it's going to be a while before we enter the PokerStars arena and bring you cards up coverage on Twitch. Uh, Just so you guys know, we're going to be streaming the final table of the 25K Super High Roller on September 27th, and we're going to be streaming the last three days of the 10K main event, October 2nd through 4th, but... We are going to make sure we stay informed and get regular updates on the series. So, of course, we are enlisting the services of our favourite human being. Yes, it's our Coop correspondent. He's got the looks. He's got the brains. He's Howard Swoops. Howard, it is lovely to see you because, sadly, we didn't get to spend much time in your company in Barcelona. How was that event for you?
0: I had my I had my my like normal 1 minute conversation with Howard that I have at every stop where I tell him how much I love him and miss him and then we go okay got to go bye.
3: Yeah, uh, and I duck out of the way whenever I see anyone down the corridor. No, it was uh, it was nice to catch up with both of you even though it was very brief. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good event, wasn't it? Uh, I think having that extra day really helped didn't it It made it kind of quite relaxing this time i spoke to a lot of super interesting qualifiers and power path winners it was uh there was i spoke to a gp uh from morocco i spoke to a self-made millionaire electrical company owner all all pokestars qualifiers and then the the steels the married couple who are uh they're basically qualifying online to to pretty much every poker stars event their youngest daughter went to university uh, fairly recently and so they've decided to sort of conquer emptiness syndrome by just playing poker and qualifying and traveling around the world so it's adorable
1: pretty, yeah it's pretty pretty fun yeah it was it was, a, it was a nice event so i didn't know if i was going to see you in brighton for the UK IPT, but i think jack got that gig so i guess they put you back in the box for a whole like week before <laughs> bringing you out again and now you're back in the coop streets how does that feel
3: Uh, Yeah, I mean it's just one bunker traded for another one, isn't it? But uh, here we are. No, it's good. Uh, I mean this will be fun as well. I mean it's always you at the beginning of the series. You're always trying to see what sort of records we're going to break this time. But uh, yeah, been a pretty good start in that respect. uh, Very early days, but yeah, I think we're uh, we're in for another another pretty good one. I expect.
1: Yeah, because I'll be brutally honest. I didn't know how much we'd have to talk about today. Because what were four days? into w so i guess let's talk about what's happened so far i mean how many tournaments are we talking about what sort of money are we talking about so far
3: yeah uh 41 tournaments completed so far that of course <laughs> means that there are 297 to go but uh, 41's a pretty good start uh that's you know, so stupid. That's, it's mad isn't it already a hundred seventeen thousand entries already more than 10 million in prize pools so 10.5 million dollars in prize pools uh 1.7 million to winners already uh but yeah we're, we're just like at the very very beginning here but yep still uh, still plenty of uh plenty of big numbers and uh, plenty of big champions actually
1: okay well let's talk about big champions what have been the major stories so far and again i would just caveat that by saying we're only four days into the series so we're not <laughs> expecting miracles here
3: no but it was actually quite difficult to decide what would be the absolute top story, but I'm going to start here. Uh, I'm going to say Dennis Strebkoff, Adrenaline 710. So he has now won his 10th W title, and that puts him clear at the top. Coming into this, uh, Strebkov was tied on nine with Joel Vieira and Tobias Leckness, but he goes clear now. Uh, so he has won ten. What's pretty crazy? He won a low buy-in tournament. It was a five fifty PKO event with twelve. Get out
0: 000. of the low buy-in tournament, Strebkov! <laughs> Come on, what the hell are you doing? Save the five fifties for the regular people, you asshole. <laughs>
3: I mean, there were, there were 12 000 runners and he now actually has two Jeez. low titles he's got two low titles one medium three high titles plus four wins from before the time that they had the different buying levels so um so strepkov famously won five titles in 2018 yes. i think we were all covering it then uh, yeah. uh but this is his first since then so he's had a bit of a sort of a fallow period you could say but uh yeah, so he's back he's back there. He's got number ten. And so uh yeah, congratulations to him. He's now based in Thailand. Um uh, but then it's so the other the other sort of like uh top headline that I didn't know whether it was better or not. Uh Benny Glazer, our old friend, uh he has won his no ninth W Coupe title i was going through the results actually he he had two runner-up finishes and i thought am i going to be talking about benny glazer's uh, uh near misses and then of course he nailed one last night uh so we should was, uh, just pre-
0: <laughs> we should just pre-book <laughs> benny Glaser as a guest anytime there's a coup. like just just like two weeks in just be like You're, you'll have at least one win by yeah. then just pre-book him. which, which
1: in, in theory is a good idea joe but do you remember every time we've tried to get benny Glaser on this podcast during an online series he's playing literally everything and He's, he's never available
0: he's I, not the easiest get that's for sure
3: yeah he's uh he's uh, so like, absolutely i mean i think you it's it's the, it's the most obvious winner of the first weekend but yeah he won the 109 badugi uh and that actually now ties him for nine w cube so he now goes one behind
0: uh Strebkov. wow um, so that would have been the record had strepkov not won his 10 he would be tied
3: if, if Strebkov hadn't won yes exactly yeah but but benny has a uh, 10 scoop titles, so he's got 19 coup you know which is which is out in front um, yes yeah, so as I said he had two runner-up finishes already this year one one was taking place at the exact same time as he was coming second so he came sorry so he won the 109 Badugi and he came second in the high version of that event so he was he could have gone back to, he could have gone like the, the double you know in the same event at the same time uh, I mean it's hardly likely to be his last event at win of this year uh, and so I'm pretty confident you could book him on any one of these podcasts if he was available and uh yeah there'd be another win to talk about uh shall i just push on a Rui ferreira too, another oh, very another very uh, popular, popular title so he won four titles last year in w he's already off the mark this time around um he's based in brazil he's from portugal originally he won the 530 by in pko for 77k so he's got seven career W coops he's also got seven scoops uh you know so he's now brought his w coops up to match his scoops and uh who would be surprised if he would uh win another one or two or three this uh this
1: year okay outside of the multiple winners any notable first time winners yeah I-, I think that's
3: important to, to to pick up on actually so there were 34 titles uh so far out of the 41 went to people who've never won one before uh and there were a couple of pretty well-known faces, though, in there. So we had Sergei Yep. Uh, how on earth you pronounce it, I'm not sure, but uh, the Spanish guy who's based in Mexico now, and Espen double uh, WSOP champion from a few years ago. Uh, so stat plays as him to nin Cassie on the poker stars he won a scoop for the first time this year and he won his first WCOOP as well uh, that was in the 3k sunday warm up so yeah congratulations to your state he's, he's doing really well recently across the That's across the one. world in 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 all events uh, online live so he's uh, he was yeah. definitely not a fluke
1: wsop winner for sure Uh, You already mentioned a win for Rui Ferreira and you mentioned the fact that he does now play under the Brazilian flag. So, of course, this is a story that's becoming a bit of a cliche. And I'm not going to lie, I think it's getting a little bit boring, the fact that Brazil (laughs) just now crush every online series. So I'm guessing we could just say, oh, Brazil are crushing as usual and move on.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose they are technically crushing. They won nine of the first forty-one tournaments. But you know what? I think I was expecting more than that. I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm conditioned for them to win. Not even a quarter. Know. Come on. <laughs> Not even a quarter. Yeah, they did win thirty. Sorry, they did have thirteen runner-up finishes as well. So they could have had a a lot more. The the standout uh, in addition to Rui was Renan Brushi, Internet nine three zero. Oh yeah. So he became the first world champion. You know, you have the world championships in W Yes he won the w the world championship of pko so the first world championship this year oh. did go to brazil somewhat predictably
1: cool um on the country's front any anomalies anything that we've never seen before yeah
3: uh bolivia uh, won first, uh one on the first event i was pretty excited to see that we've never had a bolivian champion and we do now cool. i uh i always like that and so I, I haven't yet tallied up how many now in total that makes it i'll do that probably by, by the time we talk again uh so yeah th- i always like it when there's a new a new country appears and uh this time it's bolivia
1: i'm imagining it is too early to talk player of the series though right yeah technically
3: it's always going to be too early with uh with <laughs> only four days gone but if you look at the top three in the sort of like embryonic table, we've got Benny Glaser at the top with 415 points. Then it's Dennis Strebkov with 365. Then it's Patrick Leonard with 280 because no shit. (laughs) The usual fucking
0: suspects.
3: (laughs) Well, Glaser actually made five final tables, including his win and his two runner up finishes. I noticed Dennis Strebkov's name on at least three final tables, including his win and pads is just pads. You know, he plays everything. He goes deep at everything didn't win anything yet. Uh there's a ludicrous amount of time to go in WQ but you know it wouldn't be it wouldn't be you know impossible that those three are still in the uh at the top at the end of the uh the end of the series but yeah expect a few uh few new names I think and uh yeah, let's uh, let's just follow that one closely as it as it develops.
1: Well, chances are, when we catch up in seven days' time, so much more will have happened. If that's the summary from the first four days of the series, uh, Howard, we will catch up with you on the next episode. But for now, thank you very much. Good stuff.
3: Speak to you soon. See ya yeah.
1: Last, but by no means least, it is this week's superfan. His name is Dennis Gurton, and he's with us right now. Hello, Dennis. Hi, guys. How are you?
0: We're going to peel back the curtain on Dennis Gurton. Dennis, <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
4: Uh, so I'm 23, living in the great city of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, just graduated from Ohio State a little over a year ago, and i uh, just working in finance and <laughs> doing my thing.
0: <laughs> I, I did uh, I did a show with Norm MacDonald in Columbus, Ohio, uh, maybe a year or two before the pandemic at the, uh, the Hollywood Casino. Is that where you play poker?
4: Uh, so <laughs> I'm actually not much of a poker player, more of a poker fan. Uh, Hell okay. yeah, good. Yeah, I've never played for real money. I do kind of plan on trying it out maybe by the end of the year, or maybe early next year. But yeah, just more of a poker fan for now.
0: Well, we're bringing the uh, NAPT back. Hopefully, uh, if you decide to play, we, maybe we can get you out at one of the North American Poker Tour events. All right. So, you're more of a poker viewer. What's your sort of poker viewing history then? What was your What was your introduction to the game?
4: Uh, so, when I was little, uh, my dad kind of like taught me cards, like euchre, poker, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we actually had like the WSOP video game for the PlayStation Two when I was oh, growing wow. up. So played that a little bit and uh yeah i i don't know it's just kind of more of like a it was in the back of my mind and then like kind of as i went through like high school and college i kind of got a little more into it and then the last like year or so i've really gotten into it found your podcast started watching a lot of the stuff you guys do i've seen all the big game on youtube and shark cage and all that stuff but cool yeah so
1: (laughs) well as a poker fan you'll probably be thrilled to learn that you can win some awesome and exclusive Poker in the Ears merch, including the exclusive Poker in the Ears deck of cards featuring the Jack of Spades and the Jack of Hearts in the image of myself and Mr. Stapleton. Because obviously we can't offer you a real money prize in the state of Ohio, but you don't care because you're a fan rather than a player. You want the (laughs) t-shirt, you want the mug, you want all that swag.
0: I've never even seen this deck of cards, by the way. I'm pretty, uh, how do I get my hands on one of those myself?
1: Um... (laughs) You need to ask someone who has one, i.e. me. <laughs> um, so, Dennis, let's talk about your superfan subject. The TV show Psych, which I didn't realize, is actually pretty old.
4: Yeah, it. Uh, I think it premiered in like 2007, 2006. Um, yeah, I found it like late middle school, and I've been hooked ever since. So I've been watching it for probably like almost 10 12 years at this point so
0: not only is it old but i think it's been it it ran for a really long time didn't it
4: yeah it has uh, eight seasons and then they've actually made three movies uh after the fact really yeah, yeah no they, it's
0: it's yeah. it's one of those shows that you're like that you've never heard of, but it's wildly popular. And there's a bit of a connection, James. Obviously, uh, Dulé Hill is Mm -hmm. one of the leads to this, and Dulé's been mentioned many times on this podcast, having uh, gotten swindled by Josh Molina on the set of the West Wing after (laughs) Josh taught him how to play Texas Hold'em.
1: Of course, big fan of Dulé Hill from the West Wing. And yes, he is also uh, a bit of a poker player himself now, I imagine. Um, Okay, well, Patrick, who's on vacation post EPT Barcelona and his deep run in the UK IPT cup in Brighton did uh. compile this quiz before he disappeared for a few days, 10 questions, multiple choice options available. If you need them as our guest, as our superfan fan, Dennis, please go first and give me a number between one and 10.
4: Well, it just so happens it's my favorite number. So it, it makes it a lot easier, but it is always coming. Seven. Yeah. Number
1: seven. <laughs> The question is, what prize does Gus Get Upset is missing from the Fruity Puffs cereal box?
4: Uh, It's it's like a mood ring or
1: something. A mood ring are the exact three words written down here, so you get the two (laughs) points. Congratulations.
0: I don't think I would have gotten that. I think I'm in big, big
1: trouble. All of these questions, by the way, relating to season one of the TV show, Psych. Joe, any number other than seven? Uh
0: okay, let's go with I'll just start early with the lucky number. Let's go nine. Maybe lucky number nine. Here.
1: What is the first word Sean gives as a spelling bee spellmaster in episode two?
0: I remember the episode, I remember the fainting just like real life, but I don't remember the word. I'll take the choices.
1: Is it Tyrannosaurus, onion, banana, or applebees? Banana. It is banana for a single point. <laughs> Woo, okay. <laughs> okay, so you have a one-point advantage, Dennis, going into the second round. Anything other than nine or seven? Uh, I'll go with
4: number three.
1: Number three. How expensive was the engagement ring that was stolen in episode three?
4: Uh,
1: Multiple choice options I'm- are available.
4: I know it's in the millions, but I'll take the options, yeah.
1: Okay, well, in that case, it's going to be a coin flip for you. They go down, they start high and go down. Is it $5 million, $2 million, 800000 or 75 k?
4: think it was 5
1: It was $5 million for a single point. Joe, you can get the game tied if you can get the next question right without taking the options. All right. What number would oh, you like? Oh right,
0: I have to choose that question. Right. I can't even get—I can't even get that part right. Um, it's not like we've been
1: doing this for six years.
0: Question number two, please.
1: Actually, didn't we establish it's close to eight years? Uh, question number two: Why did Sean invent his psychic cover story in the first place?
0: Well, he had information about a mur- about a crime. Uh, I guess I'll
1: take the options. Okay. Was it to impress a female police officer, to gain information from other psychics, to avoid suspicion for easily solving a case, or because he was dared to?
0: To avoid suspicion for easily solving a case.
1: There we go. For a point. One, four, five, six, eight, or ten, Dennis?
4: Uh, I'll go with one.
1: What is the full name of Sean's best friend, Gus?
4: Burton Guster.
1: Burton Guster for two points. Ah, uh, Dennis is running round. hot.
0: I would have got the engagement <laughs> ring. I would have gotten Burton Guster. No choices. Alright, just give me the lowest question, please.
1: Question number four in which city does the show take place?
0: Oh my god, how do I not know this? Uh boy, I have I'll take the choices. How do I not okay. know this?
1: Is it San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, or Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara. It is Santa Barbara for a single point. Five, six, eight, or ten are your choices, Dennis, for your penultimate question. I'll take number eight. Number eight. What fruit can be seen at least once in every single episode?
4: My favorite fruit, the pineapple.
1: It is indeed. Is that because characters are swingers? I understand that pineapples (laughs) denote swingers these days. How do
4: I not know that?
1: Apparently, if you put a pineapple in your window, it means you're into that kind of thing. Huh. Yeah, I, I've heard. I,
4: yeah, I didn't know that until, like, after. I was a massive fan of the show and had, like, a couple pineapple things, and people are like, uh, like. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's from the show. From the show. Like, <laughs> uh,
1: Joe, five, six, or ten? Uh, I'll go ten. Number ten. Whereabouts does Sean discover Dietrich Mannheim's body in episode three? Uh. I'll take the choices. Wow, these options are amazing. Inside a wedding cake, in a freezer, in a dumbwaiter, under some floorboards. The freezer? No, it was the dumbwaiter. The dumbwaiter. Uh, I knew it was the wedding one, but. We go into the final round, five or six. Six or five?
4: I'll go five.
1: What is the name of the fifth episode of season one?
4: Nine lives?
1: Nine lives for two points. (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is purely for dignity, Joe, and for no other yeah. reason. Question six. What is the name of the person who is kidnapped in the pilot episode?
0: I'll take the choices.
1: Camden McCullum, Cullum McDonald, Carmen Mitchell, Karen Carmichael.
0: Ah, uh, boy. Uh, uh, I'll go, uh I'm just going to make you say those one more time.
1: <laughs> Camden McCullum, Cullen McDonald, Carmen Mitchell, Karen Carmichael. Uh, uh option A. It was option A. So you end up with four points, but with nine points, Dennis, you only drop the one. You are the champion. You are the winner. That means the T-shirt, the mug, the playing cards, they're all yours. We'll get your details and we will ship you your merch.
0: Yeah, he's a fucking
1: mug, all right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Sounds awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: And thank you very much for taking the time to come on the show today.
4: Yeah. And thank you guys for, uh, anytime I'm at work or I'm having a bad day, you can just throw on the podcast. It never fails to make me crack a smile and laugh. So thanks so much.
0: That's fantastic, Dennis. Thanks, man. All right, my babies. That's just about all the time we've got for this week's show. It was a big one coming up next time. Hopefully, I'll be coming to you from Las Vegas and the World Series of Comedy. That's huh. right. heading to Vegas on Sunday. If I make it through Sunday's round, I should have another show on Wednesday. If I make it through that round, I'll have another show next weekend. So hopefully... I will go much deeper in the World Series of Comedy than I did in the World Series of Poker. And next week, when I speak to you, when we speak to you, we'll also be speaking to Dustin Guy-Defa, the writer and director of The Adults, starring Michael Sarah. it has got some poker elements in it. Michael, obviously, former superfan on the show for his other poker Movie, and we know Michael loves poker deep down, so we're going to talk to Dustin about that film and about why poker played such a significant role in the movie.
1: Plus, more from Howard, of course, as W. Coop continues. So, Superfan Joe, Harry Mansell still hasn't got back to me, but do you remember during the Barcelona stream, uh, Walter Belts, who was a uh, big character? Uh, on one of the early days when we had Patrick Antonius and Robin Olatello on the feature table. I think he's interested in coming on the show. So should we reach out to him and see what he'd like to do as a specialist subject?
0: The biographer?
1: Yes. Wouter?
0: Yeah, I'd love to talk to Wouter. We got Wouter's contact info. So hopefully Wouter will come through and hang out with us as a super fan and, Harry, you're dead to us.
1: Yes. In the meantime, there is a link to the Stars Discord server in the podcast description, so you can apply to be a superfan via Discord. You can also comment on the show, ask us questions, and as previously advertised, talk about all the other stuff we're doing right now, like the TV shows that are on air in the US and Canada, and the Mystery Cash Challenge, which is now premiering on YouTube every Saturday
0: that's right and we have still some stories left over from the summer we haven't got to tell you guys yet I got to play some cash in the lo- in a local LA casino for the first time in forever so tons and tons of stuff to cover next week but for now that is all the time we've got for this week's show until next time for James Hart again I am Joe Stapleton smell you later